welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by AJF Plaster, with myself, Stephen Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, Mr Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello everybody, welcome back. This is episode number 209. Just like to say a huge thanks to everyone who tuned in to last week's show. This week, we've got two games to review, we've got news from the past week, and we're also joined by a very, very special guest on the phone all the way from Texas. But first... As always, we'll start with a message from our sponsors. Yeah, so our sponsors are HF Plastering. They're an Essex-based plastering and rendering company. They cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work, specialising in silicone colour render systems. And you must all know this by now, but we're going to keep saying it. They offer 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. So if you need to contact these guys to do you a job, and they do some fantastic jobs for Orient fans all around London and the outskirting uh, areas, you can email ajfplastering at outlook.com or you can visit ajfplastering on Facebook or on Twitter. You can tweet at Big Ads with a Z L O F C. Absolutely. So he's not been on the podcast uh, in an episode uh, for a little while. So we're really delighted to welcome back Vice Chairman of Leighton Orient Football Club and also Principal Investor Kent T. Joining us on the phone now, Kent, hello and welcome back. Thanks very much for joining us. Good evening, gentlemen. Great to get the chance to talk to you. Pleasure is ours. So we're now just over this sort of two-thirds of the season, three-quarters, I think, probably there or thereabouts through the season now. What what are your thoughts on the season so far? Well, I think we've had uh, an interesting season. Uh, We knew it was going to be interesting due to the events of the summer. And I think that we have pretty much moved past that as a club. I think announcing the West Stand as the Justin Edinburgh West Stand, which I think was the appropriate thing to do, and we're really glad that the family uh, was willing to let us do that uh, in honor of Justin. And so we're, you know, the season's gone okay. It hasn't been great. I don't think we've lived up to expectations of what we had at the beginning of the season. But I think we've done okay. I think we've done okay. Has the season been tougher than what you expected on a personal level and also in terms of the standard of football that you've seen? Um, Yeah. And here's the thing. So yesterday, I happened to be going through all of my photos on my iPhone. Mm. And it is extremely difficult to go through my photos over the last couple of years. And there is Justin over and over and over and over. And I go through my text messages and Justin is there over and, uh, you know, and so I think the season has been harder for me emotionally just because I didn't realize how much I would miss. And to be quite honest, I didn't realize how much I loved Justin. I think it's been one uh, one that's been tougher than anyone could have expected. Um, in, in terms of where we are in the league, um, I guess probably a bit of a, um, a back-to-front question, but, but are you happy, given all the circumstances and taking everything into account, where we are in the league? Not me. No. Um, because, you know, I, I, I believe that we should have, you know, 34 times 3 minus 1. That's the number of points we should have, uh, but, uh, which is impossible. Mm. But, I, I, you know, I want us to win consistently. Uh, I want us to draw inconsistently, and I want us to lose almost never. 
And and so for me, where we are in the table that, that we only have 38 points on 34 matches, uh, I had higher expectations for that, even the events of the summer. And, I, you know, my expectation is that we would be up, uh, you know, and it's not too far from where I expected. We're probably maybe six, eight, nine points off of where I expected. But that's the difference between being 9, 11, and 14 and being, you know, 12, 11, and, and 11. Before yesterday's match, we were second in the form table based on the last five games, and that's probably coincided mm-hmm. with Ross Embleton's appointment as permanent head coach. Mm-hmm. How do you feel Ross has done since he stepped into the permanent position? Well, Ross has done well. Uh, I think he's done, you know, pretty well. Over the last, he's been head coach now nine matches. He has three wins, three draws, and three losses. So um, I think that's a pretty good showing uh, given the injuries that we've had. I think integrating four, really three signees in the uh, in the January transfer window, uh, plus Marsh re-signed. And I think the injuries, the signings, the changes, you know, those sorts of things, I think those have contributed. I think there are definitely times when I felt like we left points on the pitch. And I think, uh, you know, maybe rarely, but every once in a while we've gotten lucky to get the points we got. In terms of the um, signings that we've made, uh, Lawrence Vigaru and Uzzi particularly stood out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you see that. Um Cissé is that number four uh, that that we've been, as fans, I think everybody's been asking for for the last two and a half years. And um, I think that he is just fantastic. You know, it's really interesting to walk up to a young man like that and say, you know, are you tall? And he's like, yeah, I'm 6'6". Six, six. And you're like, yeah, you're tall. Um, he's a great, he's just a great, he's a great kid. And Vigaru is just a, another great. I have not had the chance to meet Danny Johnson yet. Uh, he came in after my last trip. Um, and, of course, I've met George Marsh a number of times. So I'm, I am very pleased with the work that Martin Ling and and Fozzie did during the you know the, the January transfer window. I think they did just fantastic. I think to get uh, you know the netminder in that we got, you know the the number four that we got, and you know I really love the way Danny played uh, on Saturday, uh, just turning and shooting, and and he's he's very aggressive. So uh, I think I think the, all three of those signings are going to be really quality over the long term. You mentioned Martin Ling, and there are a, a section of mm-hmm. the fan base who are still quite yep. critical. I think it's fair to say Martin and to Ross. Does that frustrate yep. you when you no. see or hear those views, or what, what are your no. feelings about that? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't frustrate me. Um, what I've learned over the last two and a half years is that Leighton Orient fans are going to moan. they got to have something to moan about, and they just moan about whatever they decide they're going to moan about. That's okay. You know, what was interesting is I read the Twitter feed. Uh, I like to read the Twitter feed of the opposing team when we or they announce the result for the evening. And on Tuesday night this last week, uh, I thought I was reading the Leighton Orient fan Twitter feed um, when we won and they lost. Um, and so it's that, you know, it's, it's just 
fans are fans. They have opinions. Uh, they have they have ways they think it should work or could work or might work. And you know the fact of the matter is is that the Leighton Orient Football Club's going forward. We've definitely gotten better in the January transfer window. I think Martin and Ross have done a good job, and we're going to keep going forward from where we are until we know we have to change something. Speaking of, of moving forwards, the summer is only sort of around the corner. I don't want to wish our yep. lives away. Yep. Uh, yep. We know that you and Nigel yep. and the board are, are always forward-thinking, <laughs> forward-planning. Yep. Yes. What are the aims for the summer? Well, I gave uh, Martin, because I thought he did a pretty good job during the, the uh, January transfer window, I gave him two weeks off this time. So the fans will be upset about that. But Monday, uh, which is tomorrow, or when you guys publish, it'll be today. Today, Martin Ling gets the email that says, what are we doing in the summer? How, what are we looking for? What are we after? So I think the summer is going to be really important. I think we will do the business that we normally do. We'll look at bringing in two to five players, depending on what we determine the need is. And we'll determine the need over the next 12 matches. I think the last uh, you know, quarter of the season is a perfect time. We're not under pressure from below. Uh, I don't think, I don't really feel like we're under relegation pressure. And I don't feel like we're pressure or we have the capacity. I think we've just run out of games to get to the playoffs. So now what this means is, what, is it, what does it look like? What's it how do we play when we play in the next 12 matches for the top eight, for the middle eight, and for the bottom eight? I think it'll tell us a lot about the squad we have, and I think it'll really help us figure out what we need to do in the summer. Do you have a target yet for next season, or is that more of a summer conversation with the board and then with Martin? Um, I, I do not have a specific uh, target for next season. Um, my normal target is that we finish in and around the playoffs every year. So you can take that as my generic target for us to finish seventh next year. If you want a target for next year right now. Um, and that, and that's probably about where it'll be. I want, I really want Leighton Orient football club to be in the playoffs or in the promotion hunt, so to speak, three out of every four years. That's my that's my generic overall sort of paradigm or view that I come at it from. Interesting, very interesting. So, um, obviously, conscious of, of the fact that your time uh, you're in the right bang in the middle of your day. Um, just I guess just to end on, um, just a sort of a message I guess to those fans who perhaps are. Uh, Obviously, there's, there's fans that are unwaveringly happy about how things... Well, not unwaveringly happy, but, but fans that are happy about how things are and accept where we're at. And there's obviously the polar opposite fans who are, are, are sort of quite negative about it. Do you have a particular message for fans just, uh, you know, with the last 12 games coming up um, and sort of expectations from, from fans' perspectives? I, I, th- I, think, the, I think the best... Uh, sort of message I think I could have for the fans is enjoy these 12 matches in whatever way you best enjoy a late Orient match. You know, some people love to come to a match. They tend to be a little bit more happy, clappy. They tend to be very supportive. 
you know, and, and they enjoy being that way. I think we have some fans who come to the matches. They like to moan during the match. They like to, you know, uh, to have words with our players, their players, their fans, our fans. You know, they just enjoy the confrontation of the whole situation. <laughs> and my request is, is that those fans show up and enjoy being confrontational and being whatever it is they are. You know, what it shows when fans show up is that they care. And that's what they're doing, no matter whether we judge them to be positive or negative, uh, you know, best for the club or not best for the club. We've always got to remember that these fans care deeply. They love this club, and that's the reason they show up on any given Saturday or any Tuesday night. So that was Kent Teague, and a massive thank you to Kent for joining us um, at his suggestion all the way from Texas, USA on this Sunday evening to us, but a Sunday afternoon to Kent, and we hope you found that really insightful. We always love having Kent on the podcast, and it's great that the Vice Chairman and Principal Investor is always willing to come on at a relatively mm. short notice and give his honest and insightful opinions to us. Absolutely. Can't be uh, accused of, uh, of non-communication, Absolutely. which is something that a lot of clubs do struggle with so let's move on then with the rest of this podcast so moving on to the supporters club on Saturday the 29th of February we're travelling to Forest Green there's two coaches leaving the supporters club at half past eight in the morning for a three o'clock kickoff. flat fare for all categories at 25 quid as a leap year treat the trip's going to cost you an additional three quid if you aren't a member under 16 to travel for half price um, and you've got to be with an adult. And remember that price does not include your match day ticket. If you want to book uh, for this trip, go into the supporters club on a match day or call the travel line on 07722 135970. So we have a Leighton Orient Trust update this week. So thank you to Howard and Louise for sending over their updates. And we'll start by saying on Wednesday, the 5th of February, Joe Widowson visited Bygrove School in Poplar and popped into each class from years one to six. And Joe is the club ambassador for our Premier League Reading Stars programme and has been promoting the importance of reading. And the children were pleased to know some of his favourite books are from the Harry Potter series. So Joe Wilson, Harry Potter, who knew? There you go. Now you do. Getting his geek on. Uh, Last Monday, the girls' football team from Bishop Chandler School in Tower Hamlets was meant to travel to Swindon to participate in the EFL Girls' Cup. But due to Storm Cara, the competition was postponed until March the 2nd. With a chance of playing at Wembley up for grabs, we wish them well when the time comes. Yeah, good luck to them. And obviously, we'll keep you posted on how they get on. And on Tuesday evening, the players wore National Citizen Service T-shirts during their warm-up. And the NCS is a youth programme for 16 to 18-year-olds that runs across England and Northern Ireland. It exists to engage, unite and empower young people no matter where you're from or what your background is. The programme is managed and supported by the NCS Trust and applications are being taken now for the upcoming summer programme. Raul Satoru is the club's ambassador and has already endorsed the programme and he should be visiting the participants later in the year. So if you want more details on this one, you can contact Gary Lambert Snaith at Leighton Orient Trust on 0208 556 5973 or you can email Gary at gary.lambert-snaith which is n-s-n-a-i-t-h at leightonorienttrust.org.uk 
Nicely done. And just fight finishes off by saying the next stadium tour on Tuesday the 18th of February, uh, which is half-term week this week, that has now fully sold out. So do not try and buy a ticket for that. Um, just one piece of AOB this week, and a huge thanks to LOFC1978 for his kind review on iTunes. And if you haven't done so yet, please jump onto uh, iTunes or whatever uh, podcast platform you use uh, leave us a nice review we'd be ever so grateful yeah so moving on into the busy week that was at the Orient and it will start with a quiet one as on Colson Monday 10th of February there was no news to report so we're going to move then to Tahue Tuesday the 11th of February the main event of the day was Mansfield Town at home in the evening team lined up with Vigaru, Marsh, Coulson, Happy and Brophy with Clay, Cissé uh, and Dayton with Wilkinson, Angle and Johnson forming the three up top. Substitutes for this one were Sam Sargent, Wooderson, Sweeney, Judd, Kiprianu, Wright and JMD. So starting 11, so a few changes from the Macclesfield lineup as Danny Johnson made his first start for the Orient. Josh Coulson came in for Marvin Ekpeteta who missed out through injury. James Dayton came in for Josh Wright. And Lee Angle came in for Ross Satorio, who also missed out through injury. So for me, I thought there might be a few changes following the game on Saturday. There's a few tired legs out there. Big shame at the moment, Rule was missing out as he was looking mm. very dangerous, full of confidence, a bit unpredictable. Um, but a big chance now for both Josh Coulson to establish his way back into the team and for James Dayton, who probably haven't played as much football as what they would have liked this season. But now, a great opportunity to uh, get them sealed into the starting lineup on a permanent basis absolutely I think Ross must have listened to my uh, suggestion in last <laughs> week's show where I said Dayton should start um, surprised to see Wright and JMD drop to the bench um, no other real surprises there uh, and obviously Danny Johnson getting uh, getting his start as well looked look to me like quite an exciting and attacking lineup with Cissé sort of being that anchor yeah. uh, in the middle and us looking to push forward so uh, yeah let's crack on with how uh, with some other thoughts that we had uh, from this, Oli underscore Sonnenfeld said this is either going to be a strike, a strike of genius from Ross, or a colossal mistake. I'm so confused. Yeah, absolutely. At Leighton Orient said if Marv and Royal were injured, only one unforced change. But I'd rather have had Wellerson for JMD and play Brophy forward. But it seems Ross is digging his heels on this one. Ronda of Royal is actually being rested. He looked tired in the second half on Saturday. And not a bad call, if so. I know he's been suffering from cramps, so there might be something off the back of that that's caused him to, to be to yeah. be injured, so they're probably managing that. Uh, so the match kicked off on an absolutely freezing night as the O's were looking to make it three unbeaten and do the double over a Mansfield team who was struggling at the wrong end of the table, it's fair to say. We took our place in the third yeah. dugout, courtesy of our friends over at Energy Bet. I have to say, it was a terrific. It was amazing. Terrific. I wasn't sure about whether the view would be any good or whether or not it would be that enjoyable experience, but actually, highly recommend it. And we're not plugging for the marketing department here, <laughs> but just from our own experience, I think you agreed as well. It was really good. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a bit about, um, in my views of the match, but yeah, great. Good pieces at halftime, great view. Yeah. Great. We're very lucky. Each. Very lucky with our competition winner. Uh, James Cabby who turned out to be a great laugh and, and the other great. gents in the uh, yeah. for dugout so yeah a great evening had by all but before we digress and talk about eight large pizzas at half time we'll start by saying that Mansfield had the ball in the net in the fourth minute through Nicky Maynard but the offside flag was correctly up and a minute later there were reports for those penalties Danny Johnson's shot looked to have hit Bishop on the arm but the referee said no yeah. penalty from our perspective we could see that because we were striking to the north stand yeah. to start with it did hit his arms but the ref uh, had, uh, the, the, the guy had his back to the ref so he was never going to get something like that um, 
So 13 minutes on the clock. Then the O's went agonisingly close to taking the lead as a Lee Angle free kick was saved and came back to him on the left-hand side. And the cross fell perfectly to Dan Happy. And from close range, he managed to smack his shot perfectly against the post. The ball rebounded to Connor Wilkinson, who could only fire over from close range. So, so close. Don't get closer than that. Both Danny and Connor, for me, should be putting that ball into the net. I mean, I know Happy's a central defender, but the ball came out to him. He steadied himself. He drew his foot back, and you're ready to celebrate. I think you caught it on video. I did. By social media channels, and I thought that was going to bulge into the net, hit the post. And I guess you could argue in Connor's defence that it kind of comes to him so quickly. It's very snappy, but centre-forwards, you could argue, probably should be scoring that yeah. regardless of how quick the ball or the rebound is coming into his path yeah and I think two inches to the left and Dan Happy scored a goal so yeah. it's very very fine margins there yep next 20 minutes playing some good football looks fairly comfortable I don't think Mats were offering us too much to be concerned about patient football back and forth just running the game Cissé obviously now at number four who Kent spoke about earlier kind of running the show distributing the ball defence looked really comfortable behind him in midfield look better mm. with him there um, but it was just that final defence splitting pass just lacking we couldn't really get him behind him there's yeah. a good few balls out to the wings at certain points but either the crosses weren't good enough or the final ball was letting us down I think yep 36 minutes on the clock then a huge moment in the game as Mansfield counter-attacked cross came in from the left Nicky Maynard controlled his run looked to have passed the ball into the net but somehow Vigaru got there and managed to tip the ball round the post for a corner. Superb what save. What a save. Superb save. He's only been with us, what, three games? The second game I've seen him in. Really impressed by him. Already looks more than capable as a League 2 keeper. Yeah. So he should probably be a League 1 keeper so far. But got down really, really well. Obviously, this experience may not. He knows how to read that situation. A bit like Lisby, where he just drops back, waits for the ball to come to him. May it well. And obviously, he thinks he's scored. But a great save. No yeah, way. and I think from our perspective and our view of that, Lawrence went, uh, Vigory went really, really late. And I'm thinking, oh, well, that's going wide, you know, because he hasn't gone down for it. And all of a sudden, from our, view, from our view at the third dugout, literally just see this hand come out of nowhere uh, and manage to tip it round. And that was a darn sight closer than what we actually thought it was from our end of the pitch. So, And for a six foot four guy to get down that quick, yeah. and when we saw him in the... Uh, in the bar afterwards, uh, he said he, he didn't see it till very late. Yeah, so did. what what reflexes? What very reflexes? agile, yeah, very agile, very good. And that save turned out to be even more important. As in the forty fourth <coughs> minute, me. the O's took the lead just before half time. It was a patient, flowing, forty pass move according to Ross Embleton. Uh, obviously, we'll say that. Um, saw the ball eventually come to James Dayton on the right. He drove forward, took on the shot, which squirmed under Bobby Legnick at the near post. And it was 1-0 to the Orient. For me, happy for Dayton. Happy to see him score. A legend should be doing better. Obviously, doesn't like the North Stand goal much. Or it doesn't work out well for him. Obviously, that's where Dean Cox put the free kick past him. If you remember, he was the keeper for the Peterborough Playoff. semi-final win back in the day. But really happy for Dayton. And probably deserved on the, on the amount of play that we had in the first half. Absolutely agree. And I think it was a bit fortuitous as well. Yeah. And I think it's just a bit of luck that we've been missing. Absolutely. You know, the keeper's made a mistake there and we've gone near post. And the, the shot wasn't the greatest of shots. And I think another keeper, Vigory, would have saved that, I think, quite yes, comfortably. Yeah. 
Um, so, but no, absolutely happy to be getting the luck, uh, to have the luck going our way. But two minutes of stoppage time, uh, that was played out with nothing really to report. We went in 1-0 uh, up at the uh, at the break. Yeah, so as we mentioned, we filmed it for our Twitter account, the Pizza Papa John's guy, who we've seen many a time honk his horn. And when you're in the South Stand, you kind of laugh off. But when he's coming to deliver you pizzas, it's a completely different experience. Yeah. He came, delivered eight large pizzas, which was great. And we could only eat about five of them. So we gave the remaining ones to stewards or a, a, quite a few families, families in the North Stand, yeah. um, which was really good. So like we said, third dugout, highly, highly recommend that one. So one tweet at half time came in to us that we mentioned from Kid Sampson O, who wasn't impressed. He said, dreadful sleep-inducing half of football that didn't deserve a goal. Still baffled as to what the attacking philosophy of the side is. Happy to be ahead, but a mistake was the only way either side were likely to score. Mansfield here for a point. The attendance was announced at 3,587, with only 181 travelling down from uh, Nottinghamshire to support their team. And we kicked off the second half, no changes yeah. at half-time. I've got to say on that attendance, it was... Bitterly cold. It was an absolutely That's horrible. freezing cold. So well done to everyone who made that journey. I think I called it 180 away fans, I think. I think you did. 181. Yeah. Darren reminded me of that. So yeah, Very just good. bragging, right? So nothing to talk about for the first 10 minutes of the second half. In the 55th minute, Nicky Maynard nodded towards goal, but an easy save for Lawrence Vigoru in our goal. Just over the hour mark, seemingly out of nowhere, Mansfield equalised. Corner was swung in from the right-hand side. Watts managed to lose to lose Cissé and his header flew past Vigoru and into the Orient net, and suddenly it was one all. Poor yeah. goal to concede. Yeah. It's been so frustrating for us <coughs> and the coaching team on the sidelines. Set piece, just marking men. And Cissé, who's been great for us so far, completely lost Watts really early on. Watts got their free header, yeah. and just like that, all that domination of the first half just gone through a split second lapse in concentration. Suddenly, it's one all again. What's going on? I know, absolutely. absolutely. I'm thinking, yeah. oh God, here we go. 65 minutes on the clock, first change for the O's. Josh Wright came on for James Dayton to reportedly a few boos, which we didn't hear at our uh, vantage point uh, at the north end of the ground. Two minutes later, though, George Marsh picked up a book in and a second Orient substitution followed uh, shortly after as Jordan Maguire Drew came on for Danny Johnson as it was now JMD on the left. Liango in the middle and Connor Wilkinson on the right of a front three attack. Yeah, so the O's retook the lead in the 74th minute as the lively JMD, who was very lively when he came very on. Good, very good, very impactful. Good. Maybe yeah. that's just what it needs, just for them to show that you know, you're not guaranteed yeah. and they come on and want to do better. Kudos to him. Yeah, he beat his man, put in a lovely cross from the left and bending under pressure from Liango, turned the ball into his own net and it was 2-1 Orient. But for me, that goal was all about the cross. The keeper loses the ball in the wind and if it weren't bending into his own net angle was literally left with a tapping yeah. but the delivery of the cross was fantastic but that's the sort of luck that we've been missing that we've now had twice in a game yeah you know it's just where you just it just doesn't go for you and I guess Mansfield will say well you know we're at the wrong end of the that table goes, yeah. and we're just getting that luck we went looking for a third though as Mansfield went looking for an equaliser but there were no chances really to talk about until the 88th minute when Jordan Maguire drew one a free kick in a good position Unfortunately, his effort went straight over the bar. That was a good, a good position for him. Really good. scored from there. We're thinking, oh, come on, let's have a yeah. JMD special. Kill this game off with a few minutes to go. But well, at least get it on target. I think when you see him sail over, it's just frustrating. You're like, come on, at least test the keeper. But four minutes of additional time were played. And following a Josh Coulson clearance in the O's box, it caused a bit of panic before the ball was eventually sent wide. And the referee eventually blew the full-time whistle. It did get a bit nervy, but he eventually blew it as the O's picked up their second win in three matches to make it seven points from nine 
to leave the freezing O's fans rocking all over the world. So post-match, me and Paul were actually lucky enough to get to this one together. We mm-hmm. spoke to Ross for about two, three minutes. So here's what Ross had to say after the Mansfield game. Ross, a great win. A very cold evening. What was your message to the boys sending them out for the match this evening? We needed to start positive. And I feel, felt that... Um... I think the issue we can we we are finding and we have found in the last two games these two teams have come here to try and stop us rather than sort of overly uh, impose themselves on the game from an attacking sense. So we need to try to find a way of gaining momentum to get the ball into their half of the pitch to be able to put them under a little bit more pressure so that we're playing the ball in their half because I think the minute that the game slows down they get to put 11 men behind the ball and it makes it difficult um, so it was about trying to build momentum start positive get up the pitch which I thought we did to begin with and then obviously you have to pay Mansfield respect there's another team out there trying to stop you they slowed us down but um, I think today what we showed was a focus and a professionalism to get through the, the sticky moments which we didn't do well enough at the back end of the game on Saturday and the goal just before half time and turning James Dayton got the goal yeah he was um it was his favoured right foot wasn't it in terms of the way that we were but we were I've just looked at it back there and I know people got a bit frustrated certainly people sitting behind me today about us you know, passing the ball and maybe not playing balls forward but when you've got 11 players in half a pitch playing balls forward sometimes is a little bit of an unrealistic expectation we have to work the opportunities and like I said just there build momentum played nearly 40 passes before before the goal was scored um, and that's because we're having to try to work the ball to find spaces so I was pleased in terms of the composure that the boys faced and, and the boys showed on a difficult surface to work the ball and, and, then, and then James wriggles it in in the corner and then following the equaliser two impact subs Josh Wright and JMD and JMD done really well when he came on yeah. set, up, set up what turned out to be the winning goal yeah probably both um, probably feel a little bit hard done by not being in the team today but I think when you've got competition for places when you've got James Dayton that can come in for Josh Wright when you've got Leanne Gold that can come in for, for Ruel Soterial for, for example then, you, then you, you, you know, it's a great opportunity and a great thing that we can do. When you've got Joe Widdison sitting on the bench because James Brophy's performing well in front of him and, and you know, the competition for places with the goalkeepers, people are going to feel hard done by when they come out of the team. But we've played a lot of football recently and, and I felt that the group needed a little bit of freshening up tonight. Um, but I know that those players are professional enough to come on and make an impact, which they did. Three unbeaten, seven points from nine. Tough game going into the weekend, but confidence will be high. And- yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, all them stats are great. You know, seven points from nine. I think. Um, talking before I come out there, one defeat in six games. You know, like all those it. sorts of things yeah. are, are, are great things that we can hang on to. And I think for the boys, it's massively important because there's been times this season where it's, it's been quite dark. It's been a bit, you know, uncertain for for everybody. And I think it's really important that we get the opportunity to give the boys that real boost. And they show that the team, t- teams are coming here now with a little bit of a fear about the way we're playing. So it's full credit to the players, and, and I hope it can. Continues. So thank you to Ross there for talking to us after the game and thank you to Dan Walker for sorting us out with press passes. So that win yeah. means the O's climbed to 17th in League 2, now played 33, 1-9, drawn 11, lost 13, 38 points with a goal difference of minus 8. So Mr Levy, your views on the Mansfield game? Yeah, I actually enjoyed that game from the third dugout. Yeah. Um, decent pass and a movement around players who... You know, they were favourites for the playoffs or to at least be quite successful were, this yeah. season. So the fact that they're down the bottom says a lot about this league as well. Um, how we didn't take the lead early on with happy shot that hit the post, but obviously we came uh, out with the uh, effort and desire that was needed to see, that we need to see more of. Lawrence Vigaru showing his quality as well. Ross must have heard me say in last week's show that James Dayton should play and I think we deserve to take the lead, although their keeper should have done so much better. 
Our failure to do the basics in our own box let us down and they equalised. But we had a bit of luck that's been missing throughout the season and to get the equaliser and a lovely three points under the lights. I don't think it really matters how you get it. I think people no. are getting a bit too carried away how it, it, it was boring, it was this, it was that, it was the other. At the end of the day, we need three points. I'm really, at this moment in time, really not fussed about watching pretty football. Because um, if I wanted to do that, I wouldn't be watching Leighton Orient <laughs> ever. Yeah. I'd be watching the Liverpools of this world. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think people are getting a little bit too hung up on, well, it wasn't this and it wasn't that and it wasn't nice to look at and it was this and what's he thinking? We need to win football matches and how we do that, whether we scrape a 1-0 or a 2-1, whatever it is, we just need to be getting points on the board. Absolutely, yeah. Agree. So for me, decent game. I don't think we deserved a half-time lead, like we said. Mm. I think it was to tell the two goalkeepers, really, in that yeah, 10 minutes. True. One in Vigoro makes a superb save, nil-nil. At the other end, James Dayton gives us a lead, which allegedly, like we said, be disappointed with that. Mm. We conceded a poor goal, one on one I think for five to ten minutes, it looked like Mansfield were going to really turn the screw on us. Mm. And I was very a bit concerned that we yeah. may go two one down but fair play to Ross brings on two mm. subs they both have an impact JMD puts it on the plate mm. uh, for the second so at 2-1 it really was quite comfortable I, I thought although the ground was nervy Mansfield didn't really cause us too many problems at 2-1 but I thought like you said played some good football parts Wilkinson done well looked very confident for someone who's not scored in quite a while in that game he was looking confident for me Danny Johnson the fox in the box He's having to come too deep to get into the game. So he said when he came, he fox in the box, but because his back's always to go and he's always trying to get the ball out to the wings, he, we haven't really seen anything yet, Danny Johnson, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, but for me, yeah, JMD, like I said, done well. Josh Wright, another good game when he came on. And I finished by saying seven points from nine, hopefully a bit of momentum starting to build as it's all about picking up wins, gaining mm-hmm. the confidence, and finished by saying thank you to Energy Bear. Yes. Great to meet competition winners, James and Greg. And if you ever get the chance, I'd highly recommend going into the third dugout. Absolutely. Great laugh. Absolutely. Echo that as well. So those were our views. A huge amount of feedback, as you can imagine, after this match. So thanks to everybody who took the time to send us a message. And again, we'll read out as many as we can, but just because we read them doesn't mean we agree with them. And first up this week is Alan Reeves too, who said, much better going forward. Clay's a different player with a bit more freedom and without right slowing it all down. Impressed also with Wilkinson, JMD, Dayton, Angle and Brophy again. And guess what else? They might have been on the pitch at Eastleigh. Hashtag Alabi. Yeah, so Alabi scored his first goal for Eastleigh in their two-all draw uh, on Tuesday night. Well right. done, well Alabi. James Alabi. I wonder if they uh, pitch invaded. <laughs> Gary Talbot, seven. So deserved Mansfield die from near automatic last season. Formation still a bit sketchy, but winning ugly is what we haven't done enough at home. Yeah. So no complaints. I think that's me. exactly right. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. It's not about pretty, it's just no. getting the points on the board now. Ted Talks Orient said, not convincing, but we won. Wilkinson was outstanding and Angle started showing some good touches. Things are looking up. I think Lee Angle and Connor Wilkinson have got the best feet I've seen in a long time. They're close ball controlled and how they, they might get sort of tackled with the ball, but then they'll win it back and it turns it back to them. I've, it's fantastic they've got really good feet yeah good skillful players there very skillful players yeah. he 72 Smith said Wilkinson worked his socks off and looked very impressive Ingoland 2010 said thoroughly deserved the win Wilkinson and Angle more praise for them yeah. uh, superb but a man of the match display from Clay a real box to box midfield display yeah more 
plaudits for Clay. Stroud, Greeno, so much, much better. We moved the ball a lot quicker in the middle. Even when we couldn't go forward, it looked like we were making a conscious effort to switch it about with more pace rather than the pedestrian style we endured on Saturday. Wrecker Blue App said, we'll take that any day. Kept the ball well in the first half, went to sleep in the second half a little bit, but thought that we were the better team. Clay played well, thought JMD did well when he came on. And now look up the table rather than down, which is great after the summer we had. Yeah, good point. Now we're looking <coughs> up as opposed to down. Yeah. Simon underscore J underscore Mills. It's an interesting around the same team debate. New players were sharp from the start, especially Dayton. Sharp mentally as much as anything. Brophy was a different class again. Marsh too. Wilkinson and Angle were excellent. Colson worried me a lot though. A very enjoyable game. Both sides excellent in the second half. Joe Jessner, 16, said Dayton improves that midfield so much. Someone to receive the ball in an advanced position and turn with it. What we've been crying out for. I'd like to see Dayton turn and run at players more. Um, I don't necessarily think that we've seen that in the last couple of games. Maybe they're not, not the best games, but I think Dayton's good when he's at pace, like Brophy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he hasn't played a lot of football in the last couple of months, yeah. so maybe that will come with fitness yeah. if he keeps his place in the team. Yeah. Matty Sari, it's a really positive performance looked sharp going forward and played some lovely stuff at times good to see Wilco and Angle link up well thought Coulson did well too considering his lack of football a very happy O Chris Kane underscore 1992 said wasn't happy at time. wasn't pretty at times sorry but three points is three points good to see Dates get this on the score sheet too after the last year he's had he deserves a good run roll on Saturday amazing how a couple of games changes the confidence levels David Barrett 6 is in the first half happy and cool something like a couple of nervous 16 year olds thought Dates was good in that midfield role especially getting in between their midfield and defensive lines better than right for me Angle and Wilco did more running than I have seen from them before. Steve underscore Hope said, that's now 16 games unbeaten at home in a row. Sorry, let me start that again. That's now six games unbeaten at home in a row. So important that we've kept putting points on the board. As for tonight, it really doesn't matter if it's only Mansfield. You can only beat what's in front of you. Winning breeds confidence. Great point. It would be amazing if it was 16 and beating at home. Imagine. We can wish. We'd be in the playoffs. MS oriented. It definitely wasn't a wonder show, but a very poor Mansfield. But we played some good stuff in areas with some terrific runs and deserved the three points. To the Morons, though, booing Josh Wright and screaming at Ross, do us all a favour. Yeah, I don't agree with booing your own players at all, irrespective, unless they're actively going out of their way to not play well, which I don't think they are at our club. I mean, we've had our fair share of dross and mercenaries in the last few years, but um, I I absolutely can't understand why you would boo your own player. We didn't, to be fair, I didn't hear it in the third dugout. It was only in the tweets we got after the match. There was a a few too many for it to... Being just been one, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Just don't get it. I don't understand why people do it. I don't understand what they think that they're doing, what the outcome yeah. of it by by doing it. I am underscore mo said, not sure what to make of that match. Echoed the Macclesfield one. They score out of nothing, and luckily we get the winner this time. At times, there's no movement at all. Hence, why the ball goes back and sideways. Wilco was excellent. He just needs to go. Yeah, Wilco, stay tuned. Yeah, says so reminds me of the back end of last season. Grinding out results to get over the line. Now we are 99% safe. I'd like to start seeing the foundations for next seasons. It goes to say the system, style of play. If we can finish strong, we can take that into next season and start strongly. East 1975 is the penultimate one on this game. It says, nice to grind out a win. Wilkinson was superb. Some great dribbling. Sadly, I think Coulson has had his day. 
We missed Marv and Ruel, but on to Cheltenham, and there's no reason why we can't get a result there. Yeah, and the final word on to Mansfield comes from Matty LOFC Evans, who said the bit of luck we have asked for with the own goal, a vital three points, which for me puts us clear of relegation for this season. It's now all about building foundations for next season under Ross, so let's stop the negatives, enjoy the win at home, and back the boys. So that concludes the views for uh, for the Mansfield game. So we're going to move on then to the Prediction League. And an awful lot of people correctly predicted the 2-1 result. So uh, a lot of you get uh, three points, including XO Glenn Wilkie. So good to have you tweeting in uh, as well, Glenn. And uh, congrats on your three points there. But special props go to LOFC Robbo, who not only did he predict 2-1... And an own goal. No, I don't know he done that. And he gets four points well for that. Done, so I think that's our first own goal point award <laughs> that we've ever awarded in the history of, well, was it now six seasons that yeah, we've been absolutely, doing it? So, yeah. so well done uh, to you. There'll be a prediction league table roundup at the end of this very podcast. We're going to move on now. Yeah, so Wednesday, the 12th of February. And it took a while, but finally at 3.45pm, the club <coughs> released a statement on Danny Webb as follows, but said... Leighton Orient can confirm that they have parted company with interim assistant manager Danny Webb by mutual consent. The club would like to thank Danny for his time at the club, which included being a part of last season's National League winning campaign, and the club wish Danny well in the future. Short and sweet. Your views? Yeah, um, obviously it's good to know it's been put to bed. It was sort of like a little bit of a black cloud looming over the club. Yeah. It's never never nice to have these things um, uh, out there. Um, I'm curious, obviously, as to what's gone on here and sort of the rumours that you hear sort of floating around. But, you know, he was with us uh, in our dark days and he did well. Right, um, right. He's, he's obviously a stand-up guy. He was great for us, came on the podcast a couple of times. You know, always when he saw us, said hello. How's it? Yeah, very amenable, very nice. Um, Disappointed to be losing someone who I consider to be an Orient man, Um, and I wish him all all the best, all the very best in whatever the 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 future has for him. Yeah, for me, I think like you said, he's been a great servant over the ECOs in that awful season. You know, I think it was a shining light. Those wins over Newport and specifically Plymouth away on that Valentine's Day Day, that 3-2 was absolutely incredible so he always will be remembered for that five years to the weekend almost isn't it yeah yeah yeah. or to the day not the weekend but yeah I mean pivotal part of the puzzle in our championship winning season last season and that can't be estimated so he should be proud of what he's achieved um, at the club and like you said lots of rumours floating about whether they're true or untrue remains to be Unseen, I don't think we'll ever truly find out, but all we can do is wish him well for the future. Yeah, you know, sure. Thank you for everything you did. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Lots of views actually on Danny Webb um, after this announcement went out. Lynn mm. Wells, 81, said he's been with us through the toughest of times. Wish him all the very best for the future. One Adam Conway said, Shoddy, seems a changing room blow up which should have stayed private has led to a loyal servant of the club leaving. All during a time of unacceptable results where things had a right to be questioned. Yep, Boatsy said, wish Danny well. Always enjoyed listening to his interviews. However, since Danny left, our results have improved. Now, going back to listening to his interviews, I'll never forget the time where he he first done the uh, the Outlook podcast, which was probably about a year ago. Um, and he came around to my to your house. house. Brilliant, big, booming voice. My daughter came down. Absolutely, brilliant. my daughter. No, they were in bed. They were both just in bed. came down, and just because of the <clears throat> volume of his voice, came down. Never oh, met Danny Webb. All right, sweetheart. All right. 
and he comes in with like um, Emily. One of them was was asleep, and I was like, "Oh, Dan, you walked into a house where someone's where what there's kids asleep." But absolutely, I was like, like smile on his face, like life and soul of the yeah, party. Like, just really, brilliant. really good, really, really enjoyed good that. guy. Yeah. LOFC nineteen seventy eight said this man should have been our manager. Led the team with dignity during possibly the toughest spell in our history. No prizes for guessing the other party involved in the bust up. We was always on to a loser. Best of luck, Danny. Yeah, Chris W underscore one said, couldn't tell you why Danny left, but what I can say, what Danny has done for us will not be forgotten. Good luck to him. Kevin Cowlin is the last one on uh, on these views. He said, I always liked Danny. He was very sociable and did an incredible job here under the previous regime in impossible circumstances. Wishing well for the future, whatever happened to prompt his departure. Yeah, so let's move on then. So Thursday, the 1st of February, it was a quiet day at the club, no news to report. Mooney Friday, the 14th of February. Happy Valentine's Day to all our listeners. Yeah, still a quiet one at the club, so we move on to Saturday, 15th of February. And in the morning, the UT match away to Luton didn't take place as that was called off earlier in the week due to the weather, which just meant... It was time then for the main event, Cheltenham Town away. Yeah, before the game, we always run a Twitter poll on Thursday evening to find out how you think we'd get on in this game. And after just 231 votes, taking a bit of a dip there, in just 24 hours, the following very close uh, outcome. Very close indeed. Um, 29% thought we'd win, 31% thought we'd lose, but an overwhelming 40% thought we'd draw. As Paul I voted just yep. now, yeah. So as always, thank you for all of your votes. So if you get see that tweet, give us a vote. Let us know how you think the O's will get on. So at two o'clock, the team was announced as we wait with bated breath, and the team lined up as follows: with Lawrence Vigaru in goal at the back, Marsh, Corson, Happy, and Brophy midfield of Clay, Cisse, and Dayton with Wilkinson Angle and Johnson up front. And on the bench, Sergeant Woodowson, Sweeney, Judd. Kipriano, Wright and JMD. That meant the O's were unchanged from the squad that beat Mansfield earlier in the week as the club tweeted the current injury list, which currently consists of Ruel Satoriu, Marvin Ekpeteta, Matt Harold, Louis Dennis, Sam Ling, Jamie Turley and Joby McEnough. And of those, arguably, Ruel, Marv, uh, Sam Ling would be first choice, probably Jamie Turley and Jamie McEnough. So five out of them seven are, are literally first yeah. choice First choice players. It's only Harold and Dennis. I think you'd probably argue would probably be yeah, on, on the bench. Absolutely. But for me, naming an unchanged team following the win makes sense. We saw some good passing and movement on Tuesday. Still a shame though that Rule and Marvel were still out injured. Yeah, I agree. Another unchanged side is a positive. Shame, as you say, about Ruel though. Uh, he was just getting going. Uh, he was on a bit of a rich vein of form as well. And glad Dayton's getting another start uh, as he'd done well on Tuesday night, in my opinion. Yeah. So yeah, very pleasing that we had a. A number of views that came in. Yeah, Orange Sphincter said, win the game, keep the same team. Seems fair enough to me. Agree with that. Billy Herring 03 said, still not a fan of the 4-3-3, but we're in good form, so fingers crossed. Terrible injury list. Yeah, absolutely. Agree with that. El Coado said, got to love an unchanged side. Looking at the conditions, though, I'm guessing it's going to be a mistake by someone rather than skill that wins this. Sucks that Dennis is injured today, though, as I'm sure he'd have got a hat-trick and the headlines would have written <laughs> themselves. Yeah, nice one there from El Coado. Before the match kicked off, though, both the Justin Edinburgh, he made you dream again flag 
and the Holly Gazard Trust flags were displayed proudly in the ground before the match kicked off. In tough conditions as the O's were looking to keep up their recent run of good form against a Cheltenham uh, Town team who were having a great season, probably arguably, I think the surprise of all surprises really. And they were looking to cement their place in the playoffs and they were wearing a special one-off white kit. Yeah, it looked, it looked good actually to be fair. So I agree. A nice little kit and it was... It was quite apt that kind of they shared our special day when we paid tribute to Justin and we've kind of gone there, done the same. And, with and them. Done the same there. I think it's very nice. Although I did hear from our sponsor who was who went to the game in the pub. It got a little bit, a bit aggy, a little bit like yes, yeah, absolutely unnecessary. Well, nothing happened, but it was a, I think a few fans just looking to create a bit of drama, but nothing. Nothing happened, which is a shame, but uh, there we go. So, nothing to talk about for the first 15 minutes, but the first real chance did happen, and a great one for Cheltenham on the 15th minute as a cross came in from Chris Hussey on the left. Dan Huppy kind of got caught out by the ball, maybe it was the wind or, or whatever. Misjudged it, jumped, didn't get there. Alfie May lurking at the back post, volleyed wide from close range. For me, if we're talking about an iron forward there, we're probably Kane in yeah. Should have scored that huge letter. We should have been behind, right? 100%. Yeah, they should be ahead there. Yeah, absolutely. Don't miss from there. Two minutes later, the O's would make Cheltenham pay for that miss as Connor Wilkinson casually, I think it's fair to say, if you see the highlights, <laughs> yeah. he casually closes down the back pass to the Cheltenham keeper who kicked the ball against Connor's legs and the ball ended up rolling into the back of the net to put the O's 1 0 up. And I guess it doesn't really matter how they go in, just as long as they go in. I mean, I've said it on the pod maybe last Shin week, pads, or maybe a couple of weeks ago. I don't care how it goes in for Connor, off his backside, off his head, off his neck, off his hip. Brilliant. And yeah. hopefully now, that's only his fifth of the season. And yeah. we're in February. I know he's been out from suspension and injury, but we need our forwards to be on more than five at this point in the, the season. season. Yeah. So hopefully this leads to more from Connor now. Yeah. But the O's lead would only be short-lived as less than a minute later, Cheltenham equalised directly from the free kick. Uh, sorry, directly from kick-off. Luke Varney's shot was deflected off Josh Coulson. They some nice build-up play from the from the retake. Uh, actually, as it happens, if you see it on the highlights, um, Josh Coulson's uh, tried uh, deflected. Uh, sorry, the shot from Luke Varney is deflected off Josh, Josh Coulson and it's dropped to Alfie May inside the box and from close range. He finishes past Vigaru to level the score immediately. No, I thought that was just a good finish. That slice of one luck we've been talking about at home to Mansfield mm. has now balanced itself up. But arguably, mm. our goal was luck. Mm-hmm. You know, if Varney shoots, Vigaru's got that covered. From, mm-hmm. I would imagine Vigaru's got that covered. Hits Coulson right into the path of May. Still got a lot to do. Finishes it well. And it's just frustrating to take the lead. And I think it was like 24 <coughs> seconds later... It's gone that quickly. Yeah, absolutely. From kickoff, I mean, yeah. it's it's a little bit absurd, but there you go. Uh, it's a good goal for them. Errors, perhaps for us. Uh, how is May allowed to have that much time to get his shot away? Um, no one really there pressuring yeah. him to challenge him. Um, maybe Happy just didn't realise he was there, and maybe just Brophy just wasn't sort of sharp enough to react, but. Not to dwell on that, 21 minutes on the clock, Craig Clay had a shot which went over the bar and three minutes later it should have been 2-1 to Cheltenham as an under-hit back pass from Dan Happy put Alfie May through but Vigaru made a brilliant one-on-one stop to deny him. The ball broke to Luke Varney and as he, headed, as, he, as he heads wider in the box he sees his right foot effort go just wide. Well played Vigaru from that one-on-one. Varney again probably... Should score, but two uncharacteristic mistakes there from Dan Happy. Yeah. The first one, like we spoke about, when he misjudged the header, and second, pr- 
pretty poor back pass and we should really be talking about 2-1 from Cheltenham there but lucky we got away with it but that's what Vigoro gives you in goal and maybe the luck they were starting to turn for us 100% another mistake that thankfully we weren't punished for we should absolutely be behind yeah. uh, at this point yeah 26 minute Connor Wilkinson lets fly with a shot from 25 yards but Owen Evans is right behind it three minutes later Danny Johnson this time has a shot from 20 yards that only just went wide of the post. So at this point, anyone's game really. Yeah, really quite open. open. Yeah, a lot, yeah. lot of shots, a lot of chances on goal. And considering Cheltenham have got the worst of the wind, if you like, they yeah. seem to still be having a go, which is the complete contrast of the second half as we'll come on to. 36 minutes on the clock, May at it again, plays in uh, the on-rushing Ryan Broom, but Vigaru did well again to get there first to steal the ball before Broom can connect with it. And three minutes later, so just shy of 40 minutes, May's at it again, went close as he drove forward on the left-hand side, cut inside and curled in a shot that only just missed the target. Alfie May was causing us all kinds of trouble. It seemed to be like here, there, everywhere, out wide in the centre. Um, and a decent effort there, just curled wide. So one minute of injury time was played out and the team's been in level at the break at one or 10 that's announced. 3,527 with 439 O's fans making the journey. So well done Massive, to all of those fans. Joe, on that weather, I mean, it's not it's not too far, but it's not close. It's one of those, isn't it, where it's, it's, it's still a mission to get there. It's going to take you the whole day. Three-hour drive yeah, So and two hours on the train. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great effort. And particularly as the game might have been called off because of the storm, yeah. people still travelled. So I wonder how many had tickets to travel but didn't end up travelling. Yeah, second half. Yeah, second half kicked off, no subs for the O's and we're going to fast forward now to the 51st minute. The ball is headed a number of times in the middle of the pitch until it reaches that guy again, Alfie May, who attempts a long-range volley uh, from near the halfway line but Vigoru carefully backtracked and watched the ball fall comfortably into his gloves. Yeah, and on the hour mark, two substitutions for the O's as Lee Angle made way for JMD and James Dayton made way for Joe Widowson and what many fans thought there was a 4-4-2 four, four, there for the last half hour. So many fans have been calling for it. That's what Ross did and in the 67th minute, a Clement shot from distance forced Vigor into a save shortly after Connor Wilkinson was booked for a clumsy tackle. Yeah, 70 minutes on the clock then. Tozer's long throw travelled all the way through to the goal, tipped away by Vigaru, and then cleared off the line by Us Cisse. Yeah, so pressure's starting to come on yeah. now. And I think at this point, all those fans who were following the game were either listening or being there. Now we're getting fighting. in getting in for a long, long 20 minutes. 72nd minute, dangerous Alfie May again receives the ball 25 yards from goal, turns into space, but hammers a shot that goes over the bar. And three minutes later, he has another shot that was dragged wide. So this guy, not afraid to, to have he's an effort not. or two. And just looking at where he's come from, he's, he's at Doncaster for the last three years, scored, played 92 games, scored 10 goals. And prior to that, nothing really at Hightown, Erith and Belvedere, it's like real lower league, Bromley. Um, Chatham Town a couple of years at, a year at Billericay Town so they've kind of really plucked this potential gem out of non-league well, we don't like, you don't like Doncaster scored against us in the 4-0 he won the, won the league with Doncaster and that team Borgia was in oh, right. he's actually okay. been playing at, at Doncaster so they've taken a chance on him and in a team like Cheltenham he just gets first team instantly yeah, yeah well think, done I think yeah. He'll, he's probably out of contract in the, in the summer it'll be interesting to see where, where he ends up yeah, uh, 79th minute, Chris Hussey's low-driven shot towards a near post is stopped by uh, Lawrence Vigaroo, and two minutes later, another Alfie May effort went inches over the bar. Yeah. So we're not, if you notice here, we're eight, nearly 80 minutes into this this game now, and in this second half, we haven't spoken once about an Orient, an Orient anything. No, I think we're having trouble Challenge. getting the ball kind of out of our half, and I think kind of Ross will kind of allude to it in his post-match 
Yeah. So 81st mm-hmm. minute and final change for the O's and Wilkinson made a way for Josh Wright. So I think at this point we're putting five in the midfield to try and just stop the the barrage that we're facing and to get the ball up the pitch. And in the 83rd minute, Will Ball shot over the bar. But the killer blow came in the 88th minute with two minutes left as Ryan Broom had time and space on the Cheltenham's right-hand side. He lost James Brophy and his cross was met by the oncoming Ruben Reed, who got ahead of Joe Widowson as he headed past Lawrence Vigarou from close range to give Cheltenham the lead. And it was 2-1 with very, very little time to get anything back. So for me, good header, but you can't give the opposition that amount of time to A, get the cross in, and you can't give Ruben Reed that run on the defence because he's been there, done that, and at least two level when he's fit, scores those for fun. But really disappointing to have held out for so long until the 88th minute, and then we can see then. But you, you can't say that it wasn't coming. Yeah, because when they've been camped in your half, the whole half, <laughs> um, it, it's, it's no surprise. And Reed may be 31 and maybe sort of had his injuries. Um, but he's still a dangerous player and you can't allow him to get that sort of run in. Woodison at fault for that, yeah. but I'm sure others in the build-up to that were to blame as well. But for me, standout uh, blame there was Joe Woodison allowing the man to run in across him and then and then get yeah. his header away. You can't let Ruben Reed is a dangerous striker. He well, I, get, I guess in a battle of strength, Ruben Reed versus Joe Woodison isn't really a contest if they're both challenging for the same ball in the centre of the pitch. Obviously, Woodison's a left back, but yeah, at this moment he's in central he's in defense. our box yeah. so he knows so Reed knows how to read the situation probably better than what Widowson does mm. and he's stronger and he's more alert to the situation and yeah well both are substitutes so both should be fairly alert but three minutes of time were added on and were played out as the match ended in a disappointing loss for us having especially having taken the lead as Cheltenham saw the game uh, out and take all three points and the O's three much and beaten run uh, comes to an end full time Ross Embleton was applauding the fans and ended up getting into some sort of disgruntled uh, conversation with a supporter, uh, which ended up, thankfully, uh, in a handshake. So we've got Ross's post-match interview. We're only going to pay the first about three, three and a half minutes where he talks about this game in particular, although the full interview is on the <coughs> Orient's official YouTube channel. So here's what Ross had to say about yesterday's match. Well, Ross, thanks for joining us. After 87 minutes, it looked as if you'd weathered the storm. <laughs> I don't know if anyone weathers this storm, Dave, but um, yeah, I, it's a real tough, tough one. Um, you feel as though the second half we were a bit negative, you know, um, didn't create enough, when I say chances, I don't even mean chances of goal, I mean just chances to get ourselves up the pitch, but I think the way we sort of have to look at it is we have to respect what we're, what we're standing in front of now and, and we were under so much pressure but, you know make an excuse but I think it, the, the circumstances seem to change that a little bit more drastic in the second half um, and, and we just seemed, couldn't seem to get ourselves up the pitch you know and it was um, a case that we felt like rather than trying to um, build to try and get up the pitch it was a case of us trying to see the, see the game through and uh, defend our box and, and, and try to manage the game like that to come out of it with a point so uh, I feel a little bit of a negative nature obviously a negative nature because we lost but at the same time I feel a little bit negative about that in terms of in terms of myself and the way we approached the second half but it's tough to sort of see another way of how we could have gone about it really You've got the best defence in the league don't concede many you needed to keep that lead more than a few seconds Well that's, that's the message really I Look, the, 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 the first goal, um, I walk in very angry at half-time because I don't feel we're defending well enough at, in that situation. We're not marking uh, in the way that we've discussed. Um, and then I see that he, 
it's Josh Coulson on the backside, spins to the back post, and the boy takes the goal. So there's an element of, of fortune or misfortune, whatever way you're looking at that. But at the same time, we've just scored a goal. There's not been many occasions this year when I can remember a team when I say gifting us a goal I mean that in, mean that in the nicest possible way and I'm delighted that Connor is the one that it rebounds off because he's worked tirelessly recently and he deserves that goal but we've got to be better than that we've got to make sure that we're, um, we give ourselves at least a little bit of a platform we've come in a way to a team like you said very good defensively we know we're not going to give up many chances we get one handed to us on the plate and then, and then within a few seconds we're, we throw it back down, back down to them I don't suppose the travelling faithful were surprised by the substitutions, but they probably were surprised to see Joe Whittison finishing on the right side of the centre of midf- uh, the defence. Yeah, well, like I say again, I feel, feel as though it was a little bit like trying to trying to uh, to block it up a little bit, really. Put Joe on at left back because I felt that going to a four four two might make us, um, you know, a little bit more solid in terms of those two banks of four. We've still the threat of having the boys at the top end of the pitch to to get hold of it, but we just couldn't get the ball high enough up the pitch or, or into them with enough quality or even behind. Cheltenham to get to get our players up the pitch and, and take that little bit of pressure off. So the rationale behind that, so people are clear, is that we went to a back three. Um, for me, you know, going with um, with with Josh Coulson as the right side centre half may have exposed him in those spaces a little bit more. So it's a little bit more natural for him to be there. Joe's that little bit more mobile, so having him as one of those two wide centre-halves, if that makes sense, uh, was the rationale behind that. Um, so a little bit sort of moved around, but like I say, I was trying to find the ingredient that was going to get us through those last 10 minutes and, and, and hopefully over the line of a point. So that was Ross talking to Dave Victor about yesterday's game. For the rest of that interview, Ross does talk about um, the discussion he had with the away fan that ends up in a handshake. But if you, like we've said, if you want to listen to the rest of that or watch the rest of that, that is available on the club's official YouTube channel and you can tell how windy it was there because mm. you can hear the roar of the gusts of wind from Dave's recording mm. so that loss in the league table means we stay 17th now played 34 won 9 drawn 11 lost 14 a goal difference of minus 9 and 38 points now with just 12 games left to play so your views on yesterday Mr Levy yeah so yet again switching off and not being clinical in either box has cost us unnecessarily it's rather frustrating before kickoff, I'd hoped for a draw and expected a loss, but it's the manner of the loss that's frustrated me uh, and a lot of fans. Not sure I get some of the tactical changes, but um, uh, but how we have sat back for 45 minutes in our own half and no one in an orange shirt's got this game by the scruff of the neck and fought back, moving us up the pitch. Appreciating the conditions weren't great, but both teams were playing in them. Um, Cheltenham came at us, they had that. That side of the pitch in the first half, they created plenty. We're talking about Alfie May, an awful lot. Um, so obviously he was one of their sort of better outlets. Um, I think obviously it's down to the players taking a bit of the, well, a lot of the responsibility here as well. And I think it's fair to say we won't be relegated, but it'd be good if we play with a bit more desire and ambition at times. Fine, okay. I think those views are probably mirrored in a lot of tweets that we got. So for me, disappointing in terms of conceding the late winner. Yeah, because we held out for so long. And like you said, the man of the second half where we spoke about umpteen shots for Colchester, for Cheltenham, but not many, mm. not any actually. Mm. Um, for the O's, but positives, good to see Connor get a goal. Um, but I must say, like we said in the first half, Happy seemed a bit off the pace in terms of two mistakes that probably should have cost both goals and luckily didn't. Um, but from what I've seen in the highlights, from, from what we read out, we didn't really create enough. And like we said, the last 20 minutes, you knew they were going to come out and bombard us, but Peter, we couldn't see it out. But point would have been great, but that wasn't meant to be. So now, on to Oldham in a game that you look at, and you think we should probably beat Oldham at home, given yeah. where both teams are. 
in the league. And for me, now I wonder if Ross keeps it as it was against Cheltenham or he tries to freshen it up again and bring in three who may have missed it and three out or, or whatever. He's got now no midweek game, so players who were injured now have more of a chance to come back and prove their fitness. I'd be interested if Marth is ready to come back, if Saturi comes back, does he keep right? on the bench does he bring right back in does Willowson mm. start a left back now that he's played half hour in the first team all questions for Ross good I questions th- I suspect Ross will keep it the same for next week for Oldham as what he did yesterday guess we'll see yeah, yeah that's, absolutely because obviously no one came, that came in did exceptionally well to say actually maybe you need to, to go in and take that person out for me but we'll see yeah, we'll find out at 2pm next Saturday so Again, lots of views that came in. We had one from uh, Warren, who sits behind us in the south stand. Yeah, he said, I don't normally moan at Ross, but why bring on Widdison and play him at centre-half and move Happy to left-back? When the cross came in for the goal, Happy couldn't stop the cross and Widdison couldn't stop the header. It's ridiculous. And Johnson has not played 290 minutes and looks worse than Scowcroft or Parkin. There's absolutely nothing. Happy was very poor and JMD offered nothing. Overall, a poor display and we got what we deserved. And that he'd watched the stream. Yeah, uh, so Warren, well. not happy at all. On no. Twitter, Patrick, one flood said, you get out of it what you put in. You cannot defend all a second half just for a draw with that amount of pressure. So predictable. Yeah, um, Les LK52 said 21 shots against our four tells you who's trying to win the game and who's trying just not to lose it. Far too negative, especially leaving one forward on for the last 30 minutes. I like this one from Orem Eat It's a good stat about crosses. Brave defending, especially CSA. Absolutely pathetic going forwards and creating nothing. Cheltenham had 21 shots to our four. Zero crosses for us to 21 for them. So those stats pretty damn mm. actually. He says it all. We didn't get into their half, second half. Vince Howard, 73, said, One thing I wish Ross wasn't too worried about was losing games. Sitting back just invites pressure, and if Ross can't see, we don't have the players to defend, and he's watching a different game to I. Yeah, point there from Vince. Paul, 512705. The nerve of the club's Twitter. Say Cheltenham snatched victory. They battered us for the whole game. Our goal was a complete fluke. We deserve to be beaten by more. I honestly don't see us improving much under Ross, which is a shame. No, you, you read these tweets on Tuesday, it's very positive. We're moving in the right direction. Really good to see you. Ross all of a sudden, I don't see what the difference is. One defeat to an 88-minute goal. It's funny, the way, the, it's funny the way it all kind of... You know, and it is a snatch of... It, they did snatch it. They snatched it the last couple of minutes yeah. of the game. So um, <laughs> maybe a misunderstanding there, Paul. George Nicholas underscore one said, the better team won. I think at times we tried to settle for a point, but we're not good enough to see games out like that. Defensively, though, we're good at times, but it's definitely time to put Joe at left back and Brophy at left midfield in a 4-4-2. With the current squad... We have to be realistic. Yeah, Steve Hinchcliffe 6 so didn't do enough with the wind in the first half and again shows the lack of goal scorers in the team. It's sad watching Brophy defending as he's so much of an attacking threat. Cheltenham showed second half how easy it was with the wind. <clears throat> the moaning brigade though will pipe up tonight. <laughs> Lawton Gamps said reality check today could easily have conceded more and our goal was a fluke. Cheltenham were excellent. Even with the wind against them, they totally deserved the win. Cissé and Lawrence are classy additions but we are desperately in need of more midfield creativity. Yeah, interesting point there. Kevlar, P18. So as I said on Tuesday, our defence is the issue. I don't blame Ross for being happy with a point and making tactical changes that he thought would work. The better team won. Just hurts. It seems to be last-minute goals that are killing us. On to the next. We will be OK. Tackle underscore trader. New one for me. Seven points from nine against very, very poor opposition. Play any team who are above the bottom six and it's a struggle to get anything. Yeah. Interested. Nino Barone, 27, says Cheltenham bossed us 
all over the park and were worthy winners. One of the best teams I've seen this year for sure. Didn't go into the game expecting a win, but a shame to miss out on what would have been a good point despite the awful game of football and hashtag Team Ross. Boring, Chris said, in a word, boring. It's the same most games, irrespective of the result, which is not much fun to watch. Yeah, or in moments said, we've played eight games in under a month and have only had two games where we've not deserved a win. We haven't lost to a team currently outside of the top six since the 1st of January. We're doing well. Gets behind the lads and the manager. Very good tweet there. Very good tweet. That factually correct. Spartacus1957 <laughs> said, I honestly believe Ross Embleton and Joby McEnough, with their experience, will turn us into a great team. We have injuries. We must be good as safe now. Let's build for next year and get behind the team. Yes, some very positive tweets coming in yeah. after this one. Lissy Moore underscore Ian said, one step forward, two steps back. All season. To be fair enough, though, under the circumstances, Ross has done a great job. Pretty sure at the end of the season, we will be buzzing to see players like Roel for next season. Um, Steve Forecast said, we'd have been lucky to get a draw. Best team won. But we did okay against a team much improved since the first game. Conditions were awful, and I can't understand why we kept kicking it high. But we weren't as bad as some want us to be. No need for Ross to get involved at the end. Yeah, Steve Chapman forced conditions were the winner. <clears throat> Thought we battled well. Couldn't understand the attitude of some supporters at the end. We will lose matches, and you couldn't fault the effort and the application today. It's funny how different people see it and view it in different yeah, ways. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, Tim Scales 94 said, really disappointed how we played. Never looked to play it on the deck when it was clearly beneficial to do so. Cheltenham are a very tidy side and fully merited the three points. Alfie may look good for them. It's a good job we don't play in Gale Force wins every Fair. week, but that was poor. Yeah, and the final word on Cheltenham. So these all came into an outlook from Macca Coleman 73. So the better team won and the stats will show that, but we are improving. I would <coughs> guess that if you asked any Cheltenham player... If they had if player, if they had to work hard for that, they would say yes. So close to getting a point, and a big shout out to the legends that travelled. And we wish uh, Malcolm's son Alex a happy 14th birthday. After yes, Malcolm tweeted, "Happy birthday to Alex." We hope the result didn't spoil your day. Lots of tweets there after Mansfield and the crew games and on Danny Webb. So let us know if you agree or disagree. They were all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook. So you can tweet us at Orient Outlook, obviously. Or you can email us at orientoutlook.com. Yeah, quite a few people predicted this correctly. So Prediction League update, uh, for those of you who predicted that we would lose 2-1, correct, uh, well done. Uh, you guessed correctly and you get three points, which, that, which now means the Prediction League stands as follows. It's boosted quite significantly over the last yeah. uh, sort of three or four games. 25 points, top of the pile, top of the league, is Steve Chaplin 4 on 22 points is East London Exile on, uh, on 21 points. It's Floodgates and Pills the Domans. Thank you for all your predictions. And the full table is on our Facebook page. Yeah, it really is. So Sunday, the 16th of February. Today, then, so we wish a happy 68th birthday to legendary Orient forward Peter Kitchen. Hope you're having a great day. Mr. Kitch. Absolutely. The ladies' Capital Cup game against Dulwich Hamlet was postponed due to the weather. Yeah, I think they've... The last three or four ladies games on Sundays have all been called off. So hopefully this time next Sunday we'll be talking about a match for the ladies. So one hour, ten minutes. Let's wrap this bad boy up. So fantasy football update. Pat Morgan is currently top of the Orient Outlook podcast fantasy football league on 1,584 (coughs) points. He's ten points ahead of Andy Chalk in second place. I'm in 121st place out of 286 players. Not Not bad. No, there's still lots of premiership football this week. So there's... 
Chelsea United tomorrow. There's another game on Tuesday, and it's Man City versus West Ham on it's, Wednesday. What is this winter break? Like, what is this, is this nonsense? Anyway, it's why I don't support anyone in the Premier League. Dream Team update then. Our Hawks is top of the Orient Outlook podcast. Dream Team League. It's got 1,507 points. Just one point ahead of Ben Boatman in second place. You're doing all right here, mate. 26th place yeah. out of 87. Doing yeah. all right? It's not the same about myself, Stan Chum competing against yeah. me. So let's go on to positives and negatives in, of the week. Yep. Positives, <clears throat> the win over Mansfield. Great win, mm-hmm. an ugly win. We like that. Mm-hmm. Second, the away following on Saturday, like we said, four hundred and thirty-nine uh, brave souls in that horrible storm. Dennis, well done to you all. And the last positive, and although he didn't know much about it, finally a goal for Connor Wilkinson. Now hopefully this is the spur that Connor mm-hmm. needs, or the confidence boost that he gets, and hopefully he gets into at least double figures in the remaining twelve games. Come yeah. on, five. Come on, Connor. Let's get into double figures. Every other game, he needs to score a goal, basically. Uh, So that leaves me to do the negatives then. Our loss to Cheltenham, sitting back and inviting the pressure. Like we said, I think the last 20 minutes, you could just tell. You just knew it was going to be an unbombardment. But fair play to us, though, on the flip side. He did make a few subs and tactical changes to try and see it out. And on another day, if we go in at one all. We'll say about how well Ross has done to change it up and get the point. Yeah, if we get a point out of yeah. that, is is a tactical genius, isn't it? Yeah. But it's just not come that way. No, that's that's how it is, isn't it? Yeah. Negatives, perhaps the wrong tactics in the second half, as it turned yeah. out, or maybe they weren't, and we just weren't good enough to to, to deal with it. Uh, and obviously, our injury list shocking. Yeah, shocking I mean, I knew the injury list. list was quite big, but it's not until the club tweeted it and seven plays, and like you've just said, now you go five of those probably walk into the first team. And we're still only or at least four on him, yeah. Or at really, least four of them, yeah. Really interesting. So time to go on to hero of the week, but we'll make it a plural this week. We'll say heroes of the week. So four hundred and thirty-nine away fans who went to Cheltenham. Yeah, well done to all well of done. the fans who made that journey. So next week's fixtures in. It's only the one fixture coming up for the O's this week as we entertain Oldham Athletic on Saturday, twenty-second of February. Oldham. 18th in League 2 they have got better over the last couple of weeks they're just one point behind us after they drew one all with Forest Green Rovers on Saturday I've got a mate who's an Oldham fan mm. uh, he says uh, Pierre Gianni that defender from Salford has settled in really really well doing well for them probably what's prompted their yeah, recent obviously they've got Danny Rowe who hasn't set the world on League 2 but is making an impact into the team so they are kind of getting better but a game that you look at and go we should really be getting three points there mm. so if you see us in or around the ground come and say hello or why not give us an oi oi yeah and uh, a sponsorship reminder then as we finish this show now don't forget for the best plastering and rendering prices around visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or tweet at Big Ads LOFC on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering needs if you're doing any building work or remodelling work at your home or just a bit of updating of your home inside or out give Adam a shout so that is it yeah that thank is you it. very much indeed for joining us this has been episode 209 yeah mixed week having played some good football on Tuesday night securing all three points against the stubborn Mansfield team to performance against High Flying Cheltenham where we took the lead for all of 24 seconds but ended up losing the game and coming away with nothing after conceding a late goal so we look forward to next Saturday like we've said it's Oldham come to Brisbane Road just behind us in the league so a win is vital. Obviously, if they beat us, they would move above us. We think it's fair to say relegation now, far from behind us. The playoffs look highly unlikely. So hopefully now, for the remaining 12 games of the season, Ross and the coaching staff can get their ideas across, start developing the team and the players to go and play with all the freedom and confidence they need to ensure the O's finish 
as high up in Lee 2 as possible. Yeah, so if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give the podcast a review. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn and Stitcher, add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. We're also on smart speakers, so listening to the podcast has got even easier. And also pass the pod. If you've got an older relative, a loved one, a friend, someone with a passing interest in Orient who you think would like the podcast, grab their phone and download it for them. Well done to Adam, who is our sponsor for passing the pod on to Luke, Luke who now listens. So hello, Luke. Well done, Adam. And if you've passed on the pod, let us know by tweeting us at Orient Outlook or emailing us at orientoutlook.com and we'll give you and our new listener a nice little shout out. Absolutely. Welcome, old and new. We're going to be back with episode 210 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. We look forward to hearing from you in the week, and as always, keep calm, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.